honestly, what the hell's wrong with the Irish? All right, can I just ask right now? Come away, human child, to the water. Oh, melancholy bastards. Oh, my God. So, now, here's the thing. I feel like playing something like this so close to St. Patrick's Day is not pandering. No. I'm an Irishman. You're an Irishman. And today we're joined by one of my favorite Irishmen. And I feel like there's something pastoral and something wonderful. And as he and I just discussed... Fisherman's Blues by the Waterboys is fucking perfect all the way through. And that song right there sort of tells the story of the Silkies who, you know, you know about mermaids luring, you know, sailors to their death with their songs. (laughs) Silkies would transform themselves into seals and come up on the shore and lure human children into the water. As they often do. Well, you say that like with a smart mouth, okay, but you don't know, Sean. I don't want to tempt fate next time I go there. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't have any small toddlers or anything, Not do you, that could wander down to the okay. <laughs> <laughs> We used to have three kids, and then I brought them to Ireland. <laughs> Until the incident. Hi, my name, my name is Brian Oak. This is the Brian Oak Show. It's a podcast, and I appreciate everyone out there, our Patreon supporters, all of our... <laughs> People who support us and listen and amplify, and you threw me for a loop right there. Well done. <laughs> His name is Sean Bernard. It's good to see you, Sean. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm okay. Good. We're in the Smart Start M and O. Apparently not, but we Let's are in the Smart Let's get down to business. Okay. <laughs> Smart Start M N Studio. Smart Start M N Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. You drink and drive, you're going to lose your license. Super stupid move, but it doesn't mean everything's over. There are things you can do to get back to a normal life quicker than you otherwise might, and for way less money than you might expect with Smart Start MN. Yeah, they'll save you even more money if you go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. You know, I have a lot of other things I'd like to shoot my mouth off about, but I don't want to. <laughs> I want to hear one more song by the Water Boys, oh. and then I want to come back and talk to Terry Walsh because this dude, I, you know how the, are, are you familiar with X-Men? Yes, Cyclo- a, li- a little bit. Okay, not, so not, Cyclops, yeah. Scott, yeah. sort yeah, of like yeah. the, the erstwhile leader, yeah. right? He constantly has these ruby beams coming out of his eyes unless he wears his glasses. <laughs> this guy, Terry Walsh, that we're going to talk to here, has a ray of light coming out of the top of his head that I feel like, I don't know, I feel like he's wearing a hat helmet because uh, he must be. Otherwise, we'd all get caught up in the impossible rays of light. I'm very excited to have Terry He'd join us here today. But first, I want to hear another song. We are going to talk about Irish stuff. And this one, I'm actually going to take <laughs> off my headphones because I can't listen to this song without crying. Okay. Oh, I'm already crying. No, just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. Not yet. Not yet. I'll be crying while you listen to this song from that landmark release, Fisherman's Blues, which I really believe is a crucial part of anyone's musical canon. It's just, it's so, so very good. This is called When Ye Go Away, The Water Boys on The Brian Oak Show.
As we agreed to earlier, pretty much perfect. I had to take my headphones off, but I could still hear that freaking song. All right, let me just start here. Terry Walsh, A, excellent to see your face. How are you? Back at you, man. Good All right, to see you. good. Do you have songs that you can't listen to without tearing up, without Absolutely. crying? Of course. Is that an yeah. Irish thing? Is that a music fan thing? Is that just being a major wuss thing? What is that? I think it's the major wuss. Yeah, yep. mostly major wuss, right? <laughs> well, that's relatable content right there, I'm going to yeah. be honest. Terry Walsh is a musician who's been doing this for a long time. When do you think was the very first time you ever took the stage in the Twin Cities professionally? Where they, Even if they just paid you in a pitcher of beer, when's the first time you got up and played pro? That would be at De La Salle High School. My alma mater, um, yeah. nineteen eighty. They gave you that money. Yeah, nice. They, they paid the band. Okay. Yep. Well, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to do music for a living is to me a remarkable feat, right? I mean, it's not about mansions. It's not about hydrofoils, unless of course you can afford a hydrofoil, <laughs> which sounds pretty freaking awesome. But it's about being able to, for lack of a less pedestrian term, execute your toil. And and get by and live and how long? Got, how, so that was eighty. I mean, I don't want to do the math. I'm not out here. Years. I'm not yeah. calling you out. I'm not calling you out. But that's a long time. Yeah. Terry Walsh. Most people probably know you from Belfast Cowboys. A lot of people know you from St. Dominic's Trio. But you've been out and doing this for a very very long time. 
Do you get burnt out? Do you still like doing it? I love, <clears throat> excuse me, I love doing it. I, um, although I do have moments when I'm, I'm burnt out, yeah. definitely. But it, it usually goes away when you wake up the next day. Um, Tuesday nights at the Driftwood, I, I can't wait to get there and play yeah. it just because it's so free and we can, I have no idea what we're going to play every week. It's, it's, it's like a dog being let off the leash. Well, you know? I, I know you and your band have a big repertoire. You've been playing for a long time. You've obviously built up this entire songbook. But do you really mean to tell me, because I, it's hard for me to imagine, I know that you, Sean, have a long history in improv, mm-hmm. but playing without a net sounds terrifying to me. Mm. But you called it freeing, which is sort of the opposite. Well, I, I guess they're sort of hand in hand, aren't they? Um, but I mean, like, so you'll show up and you really don't have a full idea of what the set's going to be like or how the evening's no, going to go? never. Um, not at the Driftwood, anyway. Yeah. Um, this weekend, we're, we're when we play at the Dakota... I get a, a little more structure in there yeah. just because it it's a little more hoity-toity. Right. So, True. True. Um, but at the Driftwood, uh, Heidi just lets us do whatever we want to do, and the crowd that comes there uh, are very forgiving, and if, mm. if they <laughs> don't like the song, they'll get a good laugh out of it anyway. You know. Um, but it, it, most of it is just because the guys that are in the band are so we're in tune with each other, and we... We have similar tastes, so it, like if Dan will start a song, we'll all we may have never heard it before, but we have a good feel for where it'll probably go. But most of the time, he'll play a song. And we'll go, oh, I think I remember that, and we'll join in. And sometimes it works out really well. Uh, for me, I've been to the show at, on Tuesday nights many times. I've also watched the stream many times. Um, it feels almost like a house concert to me. It's got that kind of vibe where everybody's having a really good time. You can tell the people in the crowd kind of know each other. They know the band, and they're going to go along with whatever it is that you do. It's going to be playful. It's going to be fun. And one of the coolest things that's done in the Twin Cities is that you give back to Foothold Twin Cities, which you started. Did right. You started with your brother or? Uh, my wife. With my, your wife. wife. She was my okay. girlfriend at the time. Okay. And yeah. I just want to mention this before we go any further because I think it's amazing. Tell us how much money you raised even last year alone. Last year, we just we cracked the $100,000 mark. $100,000 um, raised for why, I mean, like, yeah. I saw your post earlier on Facebook where just last night alone, you raised over $1,300 mm-hmm. for Foothold. What is Foothold Twin Cities? What does Foothold do? Well, it started in 2015. Amber and I were drinking wine on, on my patio yeah. overlooking Lake, Lake Harriet. Yeah. And... She was telling, she works in education, Richfield schools, mm-hmm. and she sees uh, a lot of families that are poor. And there was, in, on this night, there was one family that um, they had their own house, which is unusual for the people we deal with now, but they, their furnace went out mm-hmm. and it was getting colder and they needed $600 to fix the furnace. Um, and I think all three of us have all been in a situation yeah. where. You don't yes. have six hundred dollars, yes. exactly. and you yep. don't have anywhere to get six hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Seems impossible, exactly yeah. insurmountable. And it's very expensive to be poor. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. So, um, you know, actually, you could you could take out a credit card loan or something like that, and then it's just then you're just burying yourself. Yep. You're yeah. digging that hole deeper and deeper. Exactly. So I, I said to Amber, we should we should do a show for them. Maybe we get a couple other bands, and we could raise the money. And she said, well, then there'd be another family next week that needs it too. 
well, we should do something about that. <laughs> she did all the all the paperwork and everything, and and got us um, officially listed as a nonprofit. Wild, and, and we started at the Driftwood. I think, yeah, on on Van Morrison's birthday, his seventieth birthday in twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. and. Um, you're telling me that in less than 10 years, you've raised more than $100,000 for people who have basic maintenance needs and life needs and utility needs? Actually, that was just last year. Um, yes. Just last year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. you meant Isn't total. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's grown. Terry, Terry it's that's grown wild, big, big, man. Big, but, but still, yeah. that's, I mean, obviously there's a dedicated crew and obviously it's a worthwhile endeavor. I spent six years in the nonprofit community. That's not small, man. That's gigantic. No, and it it goes out as fast as it comes in, yeah. unfortunately. Course, that's because the need it never ends, right? right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's like trying to fill a bottomless pit, but at least you're pouring stuff in there on the regular. Right. That's and I've, amazing. The coolest thing is the um, we give, give back 100%. Every single penny that comes in goes right back out. All the people that work for Foothold do it for free. Yeah. Uh, you know, Amber and I do the bulk of it, but we have other friends that that uh, help out a lot too. And then, how do you explain that Ferrari I saw you pull up in? Well, don't mention. Okay, that. sorry, sorry. Not <laughs> cool, Brian. Uh, sorry, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> what happens in the Smart Start MN Studio stays in the Smart Start MN right? Studio. Yeah, sure, sure. It'll be fine. Yeah, no, no good. problem at all. Uh, if people wanted to, so let's say they could come down to the Driftwood on Tuesdays, right? Mm-hmm. But they can also stream it every week, correct? Sure. Yep, right. And what, what's Ground Zero for all that? For people to find out more about what you do, how to find the stream, all that. So just go to Facebook and look for... Or just regular internet. You don't have to be on Facebook. <laughs> FootholdTwinCities.org. Okay. Yeah. And people can find it more. And they we'll, link, e- we'll link to it, too. We'll they, do the description for this. They don't even have to go to a show... Nope. Mm-mm. To donate, do they? No. They could just do the right thing. They sure can. But also, I'm going to be honest, doing the right thing would be going to one of Terry's shows. Because Terry, when, earlier on when I was introducing you, I mean it, man. Like I, I, That's why I asked you about, do you ever get burnout? And of course we all do, no matter what people do for a living. But you are an exuberant individual. And I, it's very, very infectious. And I think that that's proven by how many people show up every week. People have seen you sh- play 43 years, man. People are coming to the show still in throngs, man. <laughs> lucky me. Well, yeah. lucky you. Tell me about this song we're about to hear. This is our latest release. Um, just in time for St. Patrick or St. Valentine's Day, it was. Uh, right. And it's about a guy that works in. The factory where they make the little candy hearts. Yeah, with the little things. And he's going through a breakup, and and, and he's working the midnight shift, <laughs> and, and he has to deal with looking at all these lovey-dovey statements on the little candies while, <laughs> while he's trying to forget about his lost love. It's called she Candy Hearts Factory. Gave to him a heart that said true love. She hadn't even read it. And he took it as a sign from above about a sad 
little band called the Belfast Cowboys. We are lucky enough to be joined by the premier Belfast Cowboy, Terry Walsh. I was sitting there listening to that song, and I kind of let my mind wander a little bit about distracted, kind of busy. Things are a little hectic lately. And I'm looking at a picture that you shared, one of those 360 pictures on social media, right after your flight got canceled while you were in Amsterdam. (laughs) And what I loved, because this was my time in Amsterdam the whole time as well. I've only been there once, but it was gray. It was wet. It was raining the entire time because Mm -hmm. that's what happens in Amsterdam. But the architecture and the people and the trains and the relatively few cars, the number of bicycles that almost kill you while you're in Amsterdam. And no bike helmets. Yeah, no, that, I didn't even expect to see that. But, like, you step, I had a friend grab me by the back of my shirt and pull me back Mm. onto the curb like I was stepping in front of a city bus. And it was just because four cyclists were coming by at breakneck speed. And I was like, oh, I need to keep my head on a swivel everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. Which is weird when you're in Amsterdam because first thing we did was hit the (laughs) coffee shop. So Uh there we are. Uh Before we continue our conversation with Terry Walsh, let's have a brief conversation with my friend Sean Bernard. Sean, in addition to this extremely glamorous life you have as part of the Brian Oak Show podcast, you're also kind of part-timey on the side. Bit of a realtor from what I understand. Free Dino Realty, the 50th in France location. What's the haps, Daddy? A little side project that I do with real estate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I help people buy and sell houses. Um, I'm from Minneapolis, lived here uh, till I was about 12, lived about six blocks north of uh, the Walsh family. My great-grandmother was a Walsh, by the way. Helen right. Grace Walsh. Whoa, Thank whoa, you very much. Are we doing a, like a, like a genealogy we thing might here? Is this? Be cousins. I'm thinking maybe. Interesting. We, we were talking about bumper skiing around uh, South Minneapolis, and, but... and again, that's like that's like uh, the Hitchy Kitchen, right? Like yeah, where you grab you, the bumper of something yep. and you just slide on the icy road behind it and try to hold on because there's probably a car behind you that's not real happy that you're what, there. Would you think? Did you wear a lot of helmets when you did that? <laughs> Brian, not I think you can answer that question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember. I never had the guts to do that kind of stuff, but it did look fun. Oh, yeah, we did that and jumped off, like, two-story roofs and all that stuff. And anyway, you, could, you could actually go play tag in the neighbor's yard back in the day. But anyway, back to my oh, commercial all the time, man. for real estate. Like sardines? Yes. Oh, God. Sardines. Would, oh, man. I mean, Nobody knows that minute. game. Do, oh, here's the thing. I think it really appealed to uh, repressed Catholics. Anybody <laughs> else here grew up Catholic? That is because, exactly like, it. If I got, you know, there were like six dudes and two girls that lived in our neighborhood that were all in sort of the same age group, you got to lay down next to the girl before you really understood why that was interesting. It was still interesting, man. Sardines, I'll never forget it. And there <laughs> was always the it. one mean la- uh, neighbor lady that you had a nickname for in our case. It was that she had a crab apple tree. Never to this day know what her name was, but we called her Crabby Appleton. Well, because she was probably the nicest person in the world, but she hated it when you ran through her yard. Yeah, she'd bark at you. Yeah, you get can't. out of my yard, Cuckoo. Look, I'm hot. Like, yeah, yeah, that was. Was she a, was she an evil sorceress? She kind of was. Yeah, anyway, Crabby I think Appleton. We were talking. I think yes. we were talking about realty. We were, and that's what that's the whole point. Is you need to don't be a crabby Appleton. Don't be a crabby Appleton. Have some fun with your life. I know the Twin Cities really well. I lived here (laughs) till I was twelve. Moved down to Phoenix, and then immediately once I realized I was free to leave, left the Phoenix area and came back here. And I've lived here ever since. I love the Twin Cities. I know the market really well. If you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, six one two eight five nine two five nine four. I still actually I'm going to keep doing this forever. Knock on wood. Uh, I donate a portion of every buy and sell to an area musician or band. 
you know in like 14 trillion years it's going to be the heat death of the universe. You won't be able to do it after that. <laughs> I just mean it while I'm on the planet. I see. All the, right, short, the short speck of time that I'm on the planet. I appreciate your dedication. Terry, you were obviously recently on the continent. You were over in Europe. What was going on over there? Oh, my pal and bandmate Dan Kowalki and I went over to uh, see Belfast for the first time. I had wow. been joking for years that we've had the Belfast Cowboys band together. It'll be in two weeks. It'll be 21 years. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. And nobody in the band had ever been to Belfast. So we had to change that. Yeah. And we did. It's done now. I can't make that joke anymore. So I've never been to the north of Ireland, but I've been south twice. Mm-hmm. Um, how how was Belfast? Was it wild? Was it heavy? Was it big? It was it was less heavy than I expected it to be. Yeah. Very arty. Uh, beautiful in a lot of ways. Uh the people there just like yeah. Sean can attest to. It, they're just smart ass, funny, and <laughs> yeah. and kind. Just really nice people. I didn't meet one mean person, and um, we just we had a great time. Uh, met some new friends and saw some amazing stuff. The murals in Belfast yeah. are just stunning you post a lot of photos that were just spectacular every block you first you think how did they get up there second you think <laughs> how did they do that art and not be terrified while they were doing it and yeah. still do such a good job it's really amazing would you say that and again for people who are not familiar with the history of ireland obviously the troubles still relative i mean very recent comparatively speaking certainly all within our lifetimes and you know, it was uh, there was a violent insurgence that happened up there, and many would say for the right reason. But again, there's always going to be collateral damage, and there's always going to be innocent lives lost when that sort of thing happens. Did that spirit still kind of ring through Northern Ireland, or do you not really see that much of it or hear that much about it when you when you're walking around? Oh, it's it's there. It, it looms, but um, it's funny. We we had a political walking tour set up for Sunday that we were going to go and talk to like a, an ex-prisoner of the IRA wow. and, then, and somebody from the other side that we were, but we canceled it because uh, the more we got into it, um, the guy that took us on the, the Van Morrison tour we went on on Friday um, offered to take us for free on a, another longer tour on Sunday. And, and so many people said to us, don't, don't take the black taxi tour. Don't, don't do this and that. We're trying to get past that. We, we're, it's a beautiful city, yeah. beautiful people, and right. we we, we want to be done with that. It's yep. really kind of ugly, and, mm-hmm. and you see some of the murals on the outskirts of the city are are can be very violent and and sad. So we wound up not doing those things. Maybe yeah. next year, but uh, but we didn't. We stayed away this time. Your Amsterdam picture made me think about that very thing that you're talking about right there. Is like my time here is limited. What do I want to spend it doing? We really wanted to go to the Anne Frank house. It felt really important <laughs> to do that while we mm-hmm. were there. Unfortunately, that was the day that it was pouring rain. It wasn't just damp. It was pouring rain, and it was a two-hour wait. And we're like, do we really want to stand in the rain for two hours yeah. and then go into the Anne Frank house? We went to the Rijksmuseum instead and saw lances and swords from the 13th century. Yeah. It was freaking awesome. Yeah. So you're going back to Ireland next year. We'll talk about that more coming up in just a bit. But you mentioned Van Morrison. Obviously, Van Morrison is a pretty prominent figure in your life and one of your creative muses or certainly intertwined with the music that you like to express. Where does that come from? Why Van Morrison? Well, 
I just felt a natural affinity with him, I guess, uh, as I was growing up. But it really came to a head when I worked at a record store um, in Uptown, 1988. Um, and I, I took this job. You can identify with working at a record store. I can. Uh, and how great it is. It, it's I, unbelievable. There's nothing else it's, like it. It's so much fun. Was it cheapo or what was it? No, it was called Great American Music. Oh, and, yeah. And we had to wear ties, oh, which was man. ridiculous. I yeah. remember Great American Music, man. I once stayed over. There was one out in the Burbs somewhere, like up uh, Osseo, somewhere out there. And I once spent the night on a chase lounge in front of their door so I could be first in line to buy tickets to go see the cars <laughs> yeah. when they came through back in like 1985. It was amazing. Yeah. It was a entirely different world but you were working there and it does it, it rules to work there. that's when van morrison became a fixture well yeah i i intentionally took the job because you still had to pay for music oh, at yeah. that point and uh there were two artists that i was really interested in digging into the the deep catalogs of van morrison say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. And then Bob Dylan. Right. And I couldn't afford to buy all the albums, so I wanted to hear the ones that I like. And I wound up uh, being able to open up cassettes at the time and put them in and, and listen to them as we were working. And when I'd put on Van Morrison, almost every time somebody would come up to the counter and say, what is this? Right. And then they'd wind up buying the album. And uh, I just saw that, I mean, a big cross-section of people, and it's it, there were very few people that I've, it's still, that I've ever met that say, I hate Van Morrison, I don't like his music, it's, you know. So um, I, I saw the viability then, and then as I, I just kind of really flipped over some of his albums, I, I envisioned having a band with horns in it and how exciting mm. that would be. Didn't think it would ever happen. But yeah, here, we, here are. we are. Are we not? All <laughs> yes. right, man. When you when you guys are at full complement, right? When you bring the, in, the entire fleet out to sea, there's not really a lot of other bands like that in town. In fact, I can't think of one. Tell me about this particular Van Morrison song and why. I mean, I, obviously, you could be paralyzed by choice, right? I'm sure you know hundreds of Van Morrison songs. Mm -hmm. Why'd you pick this one to play today? Well, this was the tour that we went on on the Sunday when we were in Belfast. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy, Al Bodkin, he's a, I met him through Facebook before we went out there, and he took us on a tour on Friday. We went and saw Van's childhood home and The Hollow from Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah, that's right. And, and For real? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. And Cypress Avenue. Um, it, it was incredible to, to walk down the street that he walked as a little boy. And then Al enjoyed us, you know, because we, we were pretty well versed in, in van history. He offered to take us for free on the, um, Coney Island tour, which is when I first heard this song, it's called Coney Island. I was of course thinking about the one in New York, yeah. and, but there's a Coney Island in Ireland and Northern Ireland and, and, uh, this song is is really strange. It, it's a spoken <laughs> word, but it's it it talks about this beautiful day where they go bird watching and then they get something to eat and then they get the papers and then it's just beautiful. And Al Bodkin took us on a five hour tour up and down 
along the route of this song. And so that's why we're playing it now. Stopping off at St. John's Point. Heard all day bird watching and the crack is good. Stopped off at Strangford Lock early in the morning. Drove through Shigley, taking pictures and on to Killalay. Stopping for Sunday papers at the Lacal District. Just before Coney Island. in the jam jar autumn sunshine magnificent and all shining through stop off at our glass for a couple of jars of mussels and some potted herrings in case we get famished before dinner on and on over the hill and the crack is good heading towards Coney Island side of your face as the sunlight comes streaming through the window in the autumn sunshine and all in all time we're going to Coney Island I'm thinking wouldn't it be great if it was like this all the time wow damn that was cool as hell yeah, that that was. wild <laughs> Well, I mean, like that song we opened up with, The Stolen Child, right? That's mm-hmm. got a, a Yeats poem in it or somebody. Yeah. Um, I, it, it Like that same sort of spoken thing with the right kind of vibe to it and the music in the background. I mean, what year is that song? Is that relatively recent? I think it's 1988. It came, That album came out when I was working in that record store. Right Actually, we had moved to the old wax museum on Lake Street. At that point, they and we didn't have to wear ties there, which was <laughs> shit, yeah, man. We're on Lake Street, bro. Yep, we, uh-huh. don't, wear, we don't wear ties. It here. was like the hipster great American music. <laughs> There's because, a song in that, "No Ties on Lake Street." Somebody's got to write it. <laughs> All right, it's probably already been written. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ago. That's true. Uh, I mean, that like had a cool '60s vibe to it, like a Scott Walker song yeah. or a Jacques Brel. You know, I mean, like sort of that that spoken like something that like played in the middle of a montage of a French love movie, something like. That was fantastic. I like that very much. I love that hard ending. That yes. wouldn't it be great if it was like this yeah. all the time? Yeah. The story's over. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Terry, let me ask you this. Um, you shared a song with us that came out just before Valentine's Day. When it comes to making new music, when it comes to writing music, when it comes to doing your stuff. Do you think of things I mean, because you know, we're all of a certain age. I'm not trying to lump you in with anybody, but you know. We're of a certain age where albums were crucial, right? Mm. I mean, like, you go back to the early 60s, late 50s, singles were the only thing. Nobody made an album. Then that happened in the 60s. Got real heavy in the 70s, continued through the 80s on to the 90s. Now, I think, I mean, and not that people have stopped making albums, but it's less of a concern. We're getting back to a singles culture we have over the last 10, 15 years. When you come to writing your music, 
Are you just going like, to put out singles, or like, do you, does the album still matter to you? The album matters to me. Uh, just it's hard to break old habits, I guess. Agreed. Um, but I will probably release them one at a time, and then when we get eight or ten of them, I'll release an, an album on this this go round. You know that nobody puts out ten singles off a record, right? <laughs> I know. You know I that, know. Terry, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just okay, as I we mean, get them done, we're just—they're yeah, yeah. not really that's singles; they're yeah. just releases. Here's, yeah. and that, here's a song for you. That's yeah. why I asked. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, like, do you have others sitting in the hopper right now? Yeah. That you're like, oh yeah, these are coming. Yep. Like recorded, mixed, all ready to go. Mm, not completely ready to go. I, there's there's one that we've been playing for actually since the pandemic. I wrote it during the pandemic, and and uh, it's called "Look at the Moon, Betty." And Betty's my dog, who's on her last legs right now. Sadly. Oh, sorry. But um, great dog, and uh, probably spoiling it by telling you that you, when you hear it, you're gonna. Go, song about a dog it's like shannon or something you know <laughs> I, I, I mean like i mean like you know how people feel about their dogs right it's probably True. going to be it's probably going to be tear inducing <laughs> well it, it's it, it's turned out to be one of um our crowd's favorite songs so um clearly we need to get it released but we've got to work on it and get it exactly right before we release it and i've already tried to record it a few times and haven't quite gotten it yet so how do still you know, how it. do you know when you got it i mean like I, I feel like songwriters and really any artist, right? How do you know when the painting's finished? How do you know when the sculpture's completely finished? Mm -hmm. How do you know when the song is in the form? Because let's be honest, there is a real, there's a there's a strong relationship between the the artist and their creation. But once you release it out into the world, it's kind of not yours anymore. Now it belongs to everybody else. So you have to know when it's time to say when. Right? Absolutely, and it's. I only have my own experiences to, to go on on that, but uh, our song, Looking for the Northern Lights, we recorded maybe 8,000 times before we got the right wow. version. Right. Um, I, was, I was exaggerating I know, I know, there, I know. I know. <laughs> No, I meant, I knew that you were exaggerating. I'm just saying, that, like, I'm guessing you recorded no, it over and we, over, over and over, and over times. Again. Thought we had it a few times, but it, it, and we'd make the drive up to Sparta Sound with Rich Matson yeah. mm -hmm. and... And on the way home, listening to our work that we had done during that session, um, I would find myself skipping over looking for the Northern Lights. And it occurred to me finally, if I'm skipping over that song and I don't even, because I'm so tired of hearing it over and over, <laughs> that's not a good sign. So that means we don't have it yet. Wow. And um, when we got the final version of it, I wanted to hear it and I and I wanted to hear it again. And it was like, Yes, we finally nailed it. We wow. finally have something interesting enough to to. Uh, so it's gut for you, like I mean, obviously yeah. it's also experience and ear and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But I mean, you know when you got there. Right? Yes. Yep. And you, as the main cowboy, you're the final arbiter. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, again, um, I'm not. I'm not trying to paint you. Well, in no, no, no. I, and I'm not. But I. I I'm but I mean, greatly influenced. Yeah, I, somebody's got to decide. Exactly, and I am influenced by um, Dan and and our bassist Joe Baumgart mm -hmm. and, and uh, the other guys in the band. But um, I, when it comes down to it, I have to make the final decision. Are oh. you your own worst critic? I would think so. Yeah, Rich okay. got really tired of me re-recording oh, vocal right. lines. <laughs> like, That's what why I was going to guess. Yeah, this yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last one was fine. It uh -huh. was really that good. That was really Terry. good. What's the difference between these two? Terry, the last one was great. Uh -huh. If yep. we could go on to the next song, <laughs> mm. yeah. 
But Rich is a pretty cool dude, and I'm sure he was yeah. very tolerant. Oh, he's, he's great. He's really angry and and really he throws things a lot. No, no. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what? I'm like, I'm like that. The rich I, that I don't know the rich Matt's and I that I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. like, like a Phil Spector, just like a giant revolver yeah, he on the recording. He's got a couple of them. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Like the dude. <laughs> Before we continue talking, am I the only one who cares about the rules around here? <laughs> Lighten up, Walter. All right. Oh, that actually really hurt my voice. Um, All right. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Uh, before we continue talking to Terry, I do need to mention Moxie Wealth Management. Last week on the podcast, we had Joe Burgess from Moxie in yes. to explain, you know, I, mean, I, I think that as soon as people hear wealth management, they're like, nope, I'm out. I got no wealth. I got nothing. Chances are most people who are hearing the sound of this podcast right now have something. You've got some sort of basis, and you should at least figure out what the future looks like. I don't know about you, Sean. I know you're young and fresh. I'm of a certain age, <laughs> but honestly, these considerations become more important, and it's good to have someone on your side who knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, and the funny thing is, even if you don't have your shit together, maybe your parents did, and you're going to inherit some money, and you need to know what to do with it. Yeah. So go to moxiewealthmanagement.com, set up an appointment, at least sit down and talk with them, because if you are around the ages of the three of us, which is, I think, within seven years of each other. i got to be the oldest guy in the room. I think Terry might have you by a couple years. Bet I am. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's just he let went it to be. D, he went let's to D before my uncle live. Troy. So let's let the mystery yeah. live. We're not <laughs> revealing anything today. All nope. right? This is like the real house husbands of South Minneapolis. Wow. <laughs> so this is your welcome. <laughs> MoxieWealthManagement.com. So Terry, you, in addition to being a prolific creator of music, a prolific spewer of all things tuneful you're also a music head you're a music fan and you've talked about two of the great staples of songwriting uh, already you've talked about van morrison you may reference bob dylan being an early influence as well very recently you went and saw someone whose music has never spoken to me like it does to others but i did finally get dragged to a show of his about eight years ago and i've literally never seen a single artist work that hard for that long literally every single second the rest of the band goes off to take a rest for 20 minutes and he keeps going at it he was fit his voice sounded fantastic his songs were brilliant i didn't realize just how many of his songs i knew and so i'm never mad when i meet a bruce springsteen fan Mm -hmm. springsteen is deserving of his place in the rock pantheon if you ask me yeah He's the king of rock and roll. Of all time. He is. And Sorry, actually, Elvis. I got, I got nothing against... Well, I mean, <laughs> Elvis didn't write most no, of those songs. And, it, yeah. and Elvis was a great entertainer. And he happened to be there at the dawn of rock and roll, right? Just in time to scoop up all the hard work everyone else had been right. doing before it. Mm-hmm. And so now, along comes Springsteen in the late 60s. We're already well into the rock era. And he decides to kind of boil it down and do an Americana, everyday Joe kind of thing. Even when he's very sad, and even when he's being incredibly articulate, it's still something that almost everyone can relate to. He's a legend. How was the show? It was excellent, of course, although I do have to say this is the first time I've ever seen cracks in the armor. Okay. You know? Uh, not, like in terms of the voice or it, the duration of the show or? No, his his voice, going up for the high notes, it's, it's, it's he's sounding older. You well, know, I mean, he's, it, he's 74, isn't right, he? Yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. 70s, I can't remember. Something. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's Something in his like mid 70s. He's somewhere yes, right he's around mid-70s. there. 
And the fact that he's still out there for hours is a testament to who yes. and what and how and who he is and how he's always been. And I don't think he's ever going to stop until he falls over. Right. You know, and so we're going to watch a change. But I mean, you know, you reference one of your all time favorites, Van Morrison. He's certainly changed over the years as oh, well yeah. in terms of vocal quality, nature of what he's put out. You know, I mean, the fact that Springsteen is still at it in his mid-70s to me, it, at the level that he does it at, is wild to me. Unreal. Yeah, the first time I saw him was 78, and he was sliding across the stage and <laughs> doing all the jumping off of speakers yeah. and oh, things. Yeah. Incredible. And told a million stories just so much it, that night changed my life it really did yeah um but um do you remember where that was uh the met sports center it was oh, yeah, met, met, right yep. on. yeah it, it was uh it, it was just jaw-dropping we had good seats i didn't i went on a whim my brother jimmy said hey you know bird we got an extra ticket to springsteen okay i've heard that 10th avenue freeze out song you know? <laughs> <laughs> off i went and here we are now because of that. I really, I think that that night literally changed That was the one. Life. That lit yeah. the fuse. Yeah. Really? I've seen him many times since yeah, then. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. this past, I, this, on Sunday, seeing him, he was, um, he, it was the first time I never saw him take an intermission. Hmm. First time I ever saw him not do an encore, not go off and then come back. Oh, right. Which I actually prefer. Um, I hate that dance at yeah, the end there, especially if it's, if it's like a 20-minute dance. Right. You I'd rather cheer, beat the cheer, traffic, cheer. man. Yeah, I'd rather beat the traffic. And don't yeah. play your best song last in the encore, too, mm-hmm. because that drives me crazy. It's right. like now it's just going to be a total cluster getting out of here. Right. Yeah. By the way, speaking of, what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? I know that's an impossible question. You or can, one that blew you away you, first. You Jungle Land. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That one is... I. In high school, I for several years after high school, I I claimed that that was the greatest piece of music ever written. <laughs> Mozart, bah! You know, what, did, it's, it just, no. what did you really feel? You seemed to kind of you know, be around the bush a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's yep. it! That's the best ever. <laughs> the end. It's over. Everyone As else, if I had heard everyone everything. Else everybody else is an idiot if they don't love right. this song. Sell your funny? instruments because you're not making a better song than that. It's over. When you're young, you think you know everything. Oh, absolutely. It, 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 as you get older you just you start to realize oh god you know nothing can really be known and also do you are you really that mad about it are you really <laughs> care that yeah, much yeah just take a deep breath if you feel that way cool man and mm-hmm. I, if i feel separately also cool everything's yeah. gonna be fine yep. although you hating the who still bothers me so knock it off hate is strong <laughs> i just have yet to hear a song ever in their entire catalog that's moved me and you know i love music mm-hmm. and so it's not i'm not trying to like draw a line in the sand and no matter what i'm never gonna like the who right, i've got one for you hit me blue red and gray i don't know that song yeah it's it's a deep cut is it it's beautiful and it's pete townsend raj doesn't make an appearance which is a better group in my mind Agreed if it's just wholeheartedly yeah roger daltrey <laughs> i mean i can't stand him yeah. I, I i gotta be honest man the who have rubbed me wrong ever since i first heard them. i'm just not a guy who's into them also rosalita is easily the best springsteen song oh man i love that it's, tune I, it's that is fantastic. a great I, I hope that's not a pedestrian take but for not me my favorite springsteen is sort of early on when he's almost a rapper like he's clearly a poet mm. yes and he's doing this sort of rambling street poetry in that yeah, era, yeah. which Dylan-esque, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. and it, it just, it, like, he starts doing this thing, yeah. and I'm like, it just gets better and better and better, and 
Yeah, I mean, all of it, man. Born to Run is even in that same mm-hmm. vein right there. Mm-hmm. He just, yeah, no, I think that they're, he's worthy of the accolades he's gotten and certainly the money that he continues to make. Terry Walsh, um, before we start to wrap things up, because we've reached that crucial 45-minute mark, which apparently no one's listening anymore, so we can say whatever we want. Yeah, that, all the research, by the way, Terry, anything after 45 minutes, people don't listen. All right. I'm 60. I'm just going to get that out now then. I'm 60 years old. You well, are. When I'm did you turn 60? Man. July. How come, July what? How come you look younger than I do then? That's not fair. It's because I still drink. Oh, son That's of a bitch. What, Damn the it, wa- we're screwed. The water of life. <laughs> right? There Fuck it is. me, man. man. All right. All right. Oh, but you're all Irish, right. so you have many relatives who have either quit drinking or they had a big issue with or, it. Or they 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 died trying. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, exactly right. I guess it's one or the other, isn't it? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right. Speaking of being Irish and Ireland, you made some reference to going back to Ireland next year. What's going on? We're going to play there. Who's uh, we? So cool. The Belfast Cowboys. Right on. Got a got uh, two nights in a row at a place called the Black Box. Okay. Great bar. Uh, I was tipped off to it um, about it. Um, and are we in Belfast? Are we in Dublin? Where in are we Belfast. At? In Belfast. In Belfast. Right on. Right in the best part of town, from what I could tell. And uh, we've got a Friday and Saturday night, April 5 and 6. And now I've got to figure out how to get amplifiers and keyboards <laughs> in there. So <laughs> I've got a, a year to work on it. You do. I, but so I remember great. like we did a live broadcast once from um, Cancun for the 10th anniversary of Oak on the Water. Getting through customs with all the necessary broadcast gear... It's weird. They were holding us up, and they were not going to let us through. We managed to scrounge together $400 in cash between the huh. bunch of us and <laughs> open the door right up. Ta-da. Everything was just fine. So wow. I would just have a few extra euros on you or the pound well, now. I think what we're going to do is rent it, rent the gear over probably there. Rather than That's probably a good plan. Yeah. yeah, so um, there'll obviously be updates on the website as you get closer if people yep. want to make a journey out of it because all of us have been there. And, again, I haven't been to Belfast specifically, but I've been to Ireland twice. And you said a couple things. Uh, one, about Belfast, that it was kind of arty. So do you mean like an Austin, Texas kind of vibe except in an Ireland scope? Or when you say arty, you just mean art is everywhere? Mm. Or... I I don't. Or do you mean like high end fusion restaurants on the corners? No, 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 not at all. It's <laughs> it's a very it's a working class town. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, just the murals is what I was referring right. to. And there is live a lot of live music mm-hmm. too, right. of course, right, traditional of course. bands or or otherwise. Uh, we saw a great band on our last night there. Uh, this guy Ken Haddock and his band his it was no cover charge and. It turned out his bassist and keyboardist had both played for years with Van Morrison. So oh really? They were just aces. An incredible <laughs> oh, band. Wow. And wow, lucky we just walked right in and, and sat down and no cover. got blown away. No <laughs> cover. And, and see, that's great. Like, because you're no slouch, but when you sit down and you're like, these guys know how to play, mm. that's got to be a fantastic oh, experience. So great. Nothing yeah. like it. Wow. Well, I hope that all goes swimmingly well. Me when too. do we? Thanks. When do we? When do we get uh, our next? song from the Belfast Cowboys. We shall see. We've got them in the hopper. I've got oh. a song about Slim Dunlap coming. Um, oh, well, I can great. see that on your on your Facebook page right here. I can see the Slim silhouette up there oh, on yeah. your cover photo. That's, yeah, that's been there for a long time. I used that uh I called it the Slim Signal went back before he had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. When we needed a guitarist, I yeah. would I would send that to him. I'm sending up the Slim Signal. We need somebody to play at this show and he came and played with the Cowboys. Fabulous. So, yeah, lucky. 
And Lake Harriet Banchell's coming up uh, June... Saturday, June 3rd. That's great. That's it's, always a good time. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure the tickets are at an outrageous price this year. What's oh, that going to yeah. cost it's, me? It's going to be free. Zero dollars. <laughs> I refuse to pay such an outrageous <laughs> well, amount. I, I'm sure there's got to be tax. Here's the thing about going to see you at the Banchell is it is exuberant. It is the highlight of so many people's summers that I know. It will be the only thing on my feed for the next two days anywhere on social media, which is glorious. But you just, you got to make plans. Good, Get there early and make a day out of it because otherwise you just look like little tiny ant people so far away. So far away. Ride your bike there, you know. Yes, it's, Uber. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Or take a Ride my bike. Or, oh, I'm sorry. All these logic and facts are really getting in the way of me having a good hoverboard. time. Hoverboard. Take your hoverboard over Thank there. you. That's Finally. It. What about jetpacks? We were promised jetpacks. <laughs> well, the only problem is you get the... The afterburner stuff going on. All the like, dust. Yeah. It's fine when you land. It's when you take off again. That's- yeah, but I mean, there's got to be like, if they had a little jetpack landing pad off to the side of the band shell right there, it's kind of like my good friend Kevin, who lives out in California. He and his wife, when they got married, I was the best man in the wedding. We got married on a launching pad for hang gliders off of Mount Tam, uh, north of San Francisco. Ooh. Oh, my God. And so it was a long way up there, and it's literally... Normally, if there's not a wedding happening there, people just take their hang gliders and run right off the edge. And wow, jeez, Again, I get nervous thinking about that. There's no guardrail, so I didn't go anywhere near the edge of that. No, I'm, I'm not down with that. Uh-uh. Anyway, Terry, I wish you the very best in 2023. Back at you, Brian. Can I ask you one last question? Mm-hmm. So, on your Facebook page, it says Terry Walsh, but parenthetically, and you've already referenced it once, it says Bird. Can I ask why you're called Bird? Well, you don't have to share if you yeah, don't want to. It's uh, well. <laughs> oh no no no! I don't want to do that. Well, when I was very young, no. I'll, I'll just say because I'm a singer. No, no, that's not true. I, it's good enough for me. The bird, he's the singer right there, Terry Welsh. I'm not going to make you tell the story, man. Thank you. Okay, very good. <laughs> I just, it, I was like, I've always wondered, but I'm not going to make you do it here. But on the, the podcast. moment we play this song, I want to hear the story. You got it. off off mic. Yeah, and it's I'm gonna go. Have, I'm gonna go have a cigarette. I didn't really care. I was just asking <laughs> to make conversation. Terry, thank you very much. My Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick. Hey, what did Cosgrove dump on you guys or something this year? Oh no, he's oh, no. on. He's gonna oh, be on uh, Thursday, I think. You do the math. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. He's oh, always great. Yeah, no, and again, I always, I always feel a little conspicuous. Like we trot him out on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to mind. He I asked mind him it. to his face. And he's like, "No, absolutely fine." When we played on Cities '97 every year, he was always there. Yep. Uh-huh. I remember that. Uh, yeah. BT called him the token Irishman. Exactly. John Cosgrove. Exactly. But he's a good friend of the he's show great. as well, just as you are. Thanks to Smart Start MN. Thank you very much to Moxie Wealth Management Group. MoxieWealthManagement.com. Thanks to you, Sean Bernard. Oh, thank you. Okay, settle down. I was actually trying to be somewhat serious, but <laughs> you go ahead. Thanks to Audio Quip. They are up and running as you're getting back out there and living a life. Maybe you've got a gig in a local park. Maybe you are a street preacher. Maybe you simply like to have a really well-amplified basement. Whatever the case may be, our friends at Audio Quip can hook you up with the equipment you need. Please check them out because they've been with us since day one, and they're very, very good people. Um, thanks to everybody who's on Patreon. Thanks to everybody who's ever listened, shared, promoted, amplified in any way whatsoever. We do appreciate it. And before we bid you a fond farewell, Mr. Walsh, tell me why we're going with Rich Manson and Old Yeller as we say goodbye. I've said that this is my favorite band before. Not just local band, but my favorite band. And and Rich would probably rather have me play something more 
more recent by Rich Manson and the North Stars. Yeah, but he's not here, is he? You right. get to pick. You were this, the guest. You I get figured to pick. After Coney Island, we needed something rocking, so this is Ole Yeller in 13th grade. Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.